For too long, the fertility market has been bewildering, overwhelming, and frankly, I think has downright ignored the needs and difficult experiences of the people they're supposed to be serving. Ovum has made it their mission to change this completely. Now, I am extremely choosy about who I promote on this podcast because I'm very protective of my listeners and audience, which is why you've probably only ever heard one spoken ad like this before. So it's with complete confidence, excitement and pride that I can share this amazing company with you. Ovum care about you, truly. From creating products to support conception and fertility that are designed by doctors and backed by the latest science without cutting any corners, from adding access to meditations I've personally written and recorded inside their pregnancy test boxes, Ovum is founded by individuals who've navigated infertility themselves. I really couldn't be more proud to partner with them and tell you about them. Ovum is driven by the belief that everyone who is trying to conceive deserves better, and I am 100% behind this ethos. So head over to startwithovum.com and use code LIFERAFT10 for 10% off their tests and supplements. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-patrollable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hello, it's the very first episode of the TTC Life Raft podcast. I am so excited to open up this new channel of communication with you. I absolutely love podcasts. They are, for me, just the best way to connect with what someone is saying because I can absorb something so useful and maybe even a little bit life-affirming while I'm doing the dishwasher or walking to work or it's just using my time in a really effective and positive way so I just think listening to a podcast can totally transform a really mundane everyday task into um, this useful and energizing experience so I'm making one in the hope that you can listen to this and feel that by the end of it you are uplifted and you are informed or you are inspired to try something new and I called it the life raft because for me when we went through a lot of fertility treatment to have our IVF daughter I did a lot of things which I found really helped me to survive and thrive and I saw them as my life raft I saw them as the thing that got me through this storm so I'm going to share tools to help you do that as well and I really think that you need to find what works for you so I'm not going to give you one thing to do like meditation I'm going to go through loads and loads of different life rafty options that you can try and 
I would love to hear how you get on with them. So if it works for you and you tap into something inside yourself and you just go, yes, this is my thing. This is my life raft thing. Then let me know because that that's the magic key that we're all looking for. Each week, I'm going to talk about something you can try. I'm going to share the first life raft tool at the end of this podcast. But without further ado, I really want to get onto the subject matter in hand, which is my big campaign, which I've launched this week called Think What Not To Say. And the reason that this campaign is happening is because I asked people to tell me on Instagram the the most upsetting or the most difficult thing that someone had said to them while they've been trying to bring home a baby. And I was really shocked and quite flabbergasted at the amount of people that told me that actually the worst comment came from their GP or their consultant or the nurse or the receptionist in the fertility clinic. And I, I just thought we need to change this. This can't continue. We've got to make a noise about it and we really need to start educating people and and telling them how hurtful and insensitive and difficult it is when people do say things which are really impactful. So that's where it's come from. To get involved, please go and check out the website. This is alicerose.com where there's a blog and there's a video and there's the campaign aims. But there's also a big long list of comments which people sent to me, which I'm publishing in order for people to share it and talk about it and understand what not to say. And if you're a professional working within this arena, I am really encouraging people to print these comments out, stick them next to the kettle in the clinic, talk about it, have a meeting and discuss the idea that compassion and empathy actually need to be at the highest priority or at least higher up on the priority list when it comes to caring for the patients who are going through infertility or loss. And it's really about changing the status quo. So do go to the website or check out social media. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, mostly Instagram, but all three I am there and my handle is this is Alice Rose and you can see all the ways to get involved with the campaign there. But I'm going to stop rambling now and get to the heart of this episode because I spoke to the brilliant Kat Strawbridge who is aka Trying Years on Instagram and Keely Dwight aka Trying to Be a Mum who are both pillars of the trying to conceive community on Instagram and they hold this really positive space through their online personas. Between them they host events, do Insta lives and really support people who are going through fertility issues. So we met a few months ago now in a really hot dance studio. Long story short we needed somewhere to meet and that's where we ended up. I really wanted to talk about a post that I recently shared um, when I asked people what the worst or the most hurtful thing that somebody has said to them was when they have been trying to get pregnant or have a baby. And I was really blown away by the response and the amount of people who wanted so quickly, who wanted to share with me what someone had said to them that had really hurt them or that had really upset them or made them really angry or just kind of compounded the challenge that they were already going through and it made me feel that there was um, a problem with not just a lack of awareness but also a compassion for the people who had said those things. So I really wanted to talk to you guys about how people can cope when someone does say something which might trigger you and 
what do you do to control, not control, but maybe just take ownership of that situation and feel that you can get through whatever whatever trigger has been set off? What was the most popular, is the wrong word? Repeated. Repeated. Oh, that's a good question. It's got to be the just relax comment. <laughs> so many people contacted me with that to say, if I hear one more time, somebody tell me to just relax. I mean, we've spoken about this so much, but let's talk about it now as well. Which I found really interesting today because one in seven posted today mm. about that study that she'd found about there's, there's no scientific correlation between the emotional distress that a woman might feel and the consequent results of fertility treatment and I was like good because it just takes the pressure off totally anyone feeling like oh I've been really stressed that's gonna be the Mm -hmm. factor that why it didn't work this time or anything like anything that can dispel that I think because it's in black and white and it's something you can refer to and Mm -hmm. it's not an anecdote and it's not a which a lot of stuff is in, in the fertility world is well, I heard this, and so-and-so said this, and my friend said this, and da To see it in black and white, it's really reassuring, and it's really nice to just hear it and see it. I feel like that raises a really good point as well about doing your research, and, and that's, that's a part of taking ownership for me, is actually knowing whether or not... Because if somebody does say to you, oh, I think you seem a bit stressed, a lot of people messaged me and said, oh, so many people have said to me, oh, I don't think you're being positive enough or you're not, you're, you seem very stressed or you just relax and it will happen, all of those things. If someone does say that to you and actually you have in your head that study, actually it's been proven that that's not going to make any difference um, and there's just the study. Then you're armed, aren't you? You're, you're, you've got your kind of toolkit of ways to cope and if you've got that in the back of your head and you can roll that one out as soon as if anyone ever says that to you then that is going to be a way that you can take control of that situation and feel empowered and kind of put them back in their box so we can thank Shima for that one (laughs) (laughs) and actually I should I should I should reprimand myself saying put them back in their box because as I was saying let's let's talk about trying to feel that compassion for the people who are saying the thing that might rub you up the wrong way like what are your views on that how can we how can we try to empathize with with the people who are actually upsetting us like how can we change that dynamic I would say that it's not one size fits all you know there are some days and some people and some things that people say that you can kind of comment back and put them and and actually sometimes you just want to put them back in their box quite frankly (laughs) and do you know what if you want to do that if that's how you're feeling then they just need to deal with that because a lot of the time you end up feeling or I have certainly ended up feeling like the bad person you know and like and like that they feel bad and I'm trying to make them feel better And, and I have literally thanked people for suggesting that I take half an aspirin a day I'm like, I have spent tens of thousands of pounds on this. And actually, it was my husband that said, I'm pretty insulted that they suggested that. What do they think we've been doing for the last five years? Like, you know, and it's true. And I didn't take it as an insult. But I can actually, if I think about that more, I can. And in that instance with that person, I did just thank them. Although having said that, on other occasions, I have talked to them a bit more about the fact that we've tried stuff. And yes, we've done this, etc. But I do have more compassion now and 
I can put myself more in the position of an outsider, so to speak. Um, but I think that is because I've been doing this a while and I think I'm just a little bit more mellow with the whole thing. I think when you're first going into it, and, and obviously this depends person to person, but and you kind of and you can get totally wound up with it all. You just think they're idiots. <laughs> you know, and it's like, why would you say that? I think I've got to the stage now, or I'm the sort of person at this point, that I do recognise that if you don't know, you just don't know. And I don't blame people for that. Actually, if I think about it now, I'm kind of pretty envious. I wish I was the idiot saying the stuff that was useless, you know? Um, <laughs> but because I was completely naive to all of this. But I do now try to explain it to people and, and my whole thing and through the work that I do and just personally as well is about educating. I always feel like educating sounds so patronising, but it's the right word. Yeah, it is the right word. I know, I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. Yeah, I feel the same, yeah, yeah. And so it's like educating them to understand because if they understand, and I've said this before and I will say this again, it benefits us because they know and they have more of an idea of what to say and what not to say, you know? And then also we don't have to deal with stupid things you know and then it helps them as well because they've got an idea or a better idea of how to support us so I think making sure that everyone is involved in the conversation you know I think that's that's really important I think that's I completely agree and I think I think it's a bit of a even though increasingly this whole top you know fertility IVF is more common I think people in that in that community have to realize it's not that common for some people and it's not a common experience and if you've got no experience of it at all it's actually really hard to get your head around and to your point they don't why should they know anything about it they haven't had to and that's not their fault and that's okay Mm -hmm. and actually trying to educate or you know just give them some information and then then if they I just think I think on the whole one of the things that I found out of this, even though I consider myself hopefully a pretty sensitive, emotionally intelligent person, <laughs> I have become more so, and I know I have, as a result of all of this. And I think if you can then give that to somebody else, then that's awesome, because not everyone is. And I think if you're aware of... And it doesn't even have to be about IVF, you know? It's just like being aware of other people have loads of shit going on Mm -hmm. it might not be IVF it might be a family illness it might be stress at work it might be you know whatever it is I probably was one of those people that said stupid things at one point or another and it's all that whole small talk thing as well where the whole you know so how many kids have you got or you know which is a perfect example I, I went to a friend's 40th barbecue a few weeks ago I got there a bit late and we were just about to sit down outside as like a garden party sort of thing. So they'd already been on the little bit of the rosé and sat next to a friend of mine's friend who I've never met before from the village, you know, whatever. Perfectly lovely and we had quite a lot in common because he was a producer and da da da. And he went, So do you have any kids? And I just went, No. And his response was, Oh, God, lucky you. And I was in that type of frame of mind where you just said, where I was like, no, I'm not going to let him get away with this today, you know. And I basically said, actually, not by choice. Like, we've been going through IVF for the last four years and we're just about to start our sixth round. So, 
you know, not so lucky, not really. So lucky. <laughs> and the poor guy, just literally, his face just dropped, and he just went, "I'm so sorry." I was like, "You don't have to be sorry." I said, mm. "I'm just being honest. That's that's just what it is." You mm. know, it hit a nerve that day. Mm-hmm. Mm. And actually, on another day, I would have just been, oh, I don't have any, you know, how about you? And just deflected it back to them mm-hmm. and said, well, how many have you got? You know, because it is a natural flow of conversation. Can I just put my hand up here? And sometimes when I meet new people, it crosses my mind to ask them. And I'm like, who am I? <laughs> Shut up. Don't ask that question. I'm like, what's the other question we can ask? Yeah. I, it, it, I can understand why people ask it. I, I am so close oh sometimes. Oh, my God. 100%. And All I, the time. You know, I put my hand up too the amount of times I might have said something so stupid. And actually, it keeps playing on my mind recently that I just said something really thick to um, <laughs> to a friend of a friend who was telling me about this trauma that had happened to her and I just I can't even remember what it was but it was a really stupid thing to say and it was a really unempathetic response so I think this is why I wanted to have this conversation because as much as it is really upsetting and you do want to put people back in their box sometimes we have all done it and we are not completely blameless in in the you know it is just a natural thing and then and but that's why it's so important to raise the awareness and to have these conversations as much as possible to mm-hmm. get it out into the open because otherwise people are gonna keep doing it it just compounds that feeling and people get lower and lower and it, it is a cycle isn't it? I think sometimes I think you just get and again why would why would they consider this but I think you get frustrated by the sorts of questions of what they're saying to your point about take half an aspirin, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not fucking stupid. <laughs> and do you know how many things we've looked at and do it? You know, like, it's the same. But I think it's that thing where people, people's own natural goodwill yeah. makes them want to try and say something positive. Mm-hmm. It's like that. Yeah, it will definitely, it will definitely happen. Oh, don't worry. It will, it will happen oh, when, it, when it's meant to. When it's meant to. Or, you know, and they're just trying to give you some hope and they're trying to and most of the time actually some of those things I just wash over me I don't even I'm like I know you're trying to do I know you're trying to say the right thing bless you that's not strictly true it's definitely not you don't know that's going to happen or whatever but I think you have to intrinsically think that people are just trying to be good and trying to be positive and they don't why would why should they know that actually that's the wrong thing to say Mm. And I think, I think we have to take, and it's not about being guilty about it or embarrassed about it, but have to just be a little bit lenient with people and not be so sort of high and mighty about it and be like, you know, well, if you wouldn't, if you had impetus, you would know about this. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, but you don't. Mm-hmm. So actually, give them a break. It's. So to anyone listening who is going, oh, shit, I've so said the wrong thing all the time, what should we impart? Because I feel like there's a bit of a rule of thumb. If you don't have any experience of what that person is going through, don't try to offer advice. I think that that is really a, quite a good rule of thumb to go with. Yeah, yeah. I, absolutely. And I think it is an intrinsic thing that we want to fix things. So I had um, a... DM conversation the other day with someone from the TTC community who, um, and you'll know who you are if you're listening to this, and so other people might know as well, has got really bad eczema. And I, you know, 
she was talking about it and we were going back and forth in messages. And I really wanted to say, having no experience of eczema myself, none whatsoever, but I wanted to say, have you tried this and have you tried this? Because I know of friends of friends who have got different skin ailments and they've tried this and then someone else has showed me another skincare that might, you know, and I just sat back and I thought to myself, what am I going to be able to tell her or ask her if she's done that she hasn't already looked into herself? And so rather than trying to fix it because it makes me feel like I'm doing something positive, which is what we all want to do all the time and that's why we do it, but, you know, I wrote something that was just constructive and positive and, like, I, I'm sure you're doing everything you can and hopefully they can sort it out, you know, that kind of thing. It's like compounding the positive message but without trying to fix it, you know? Absolutely. And I, I feel like that is really what you want when you're going through something is just for someone to be there isn't it and just to I was watching the Tommy's campaign that was so powerful absolutely that came out a week or two ago and um Anna Whitehouse that stuck in my head when she said you just want someone to stack up the Jaffa cakes and make a cup of tea and I feel like whatever you're going through whether you've just lost someone or whether you know whatever it is just be there just be there and don't offer don't feel you need to fix it exactly that even though we all feel like we we want to and I I know exactly what you mean because that I have that feeling as well and I'm now thinking about when someone I know was suffering with terrible migraines and I think I tried to suggest something even though I've never experienced a migraine in my life like what what was I doing but that is a it's human nature it's just human nature (laughs) that you want to help people Mm. like it sounds a bit corny and a bit cheesy but it is because everyone's pretty good people most of the time it comes from a good place but I think it is about just keeping it really simple I think as well and also like acknowledging it's a bit shit that is the reality it is all just a bit shit (laughs) but actually you might be all right that day or Mm. that week or that month and if you're not then you can say or rather than getting too complicated into being I've got a friend of a friend who did you know blah 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 I think that's it isn't it it's actually really simple it's really simple you're just there you just go I'm here I'm here if you want me I'm here if you don't want me that's fine but I am here that's it yeah and I'll add to that I think that it's nice to say that rather than say nothing I have several experiences kind of under my belt where people don't say anything because they don't want to upset me or they don't want to kind of make me think about it if I'm not I can pretty much guarantee you that at any point in the day the thought of my infertility has not you know gone unnoticed in my head you know so But what happens when people don't say anything is then you feel ignored and like they don't care. And it it ends up being a bit of a stalemate, I find, because they don't want to say anything because they feel awkward and they don't know if they're going to say the right thing, so they're not going to say anything at all and they don't want to remind you. And you feel unloved and uncared for and ignored and, you know, and it's just a really... That's, that's kind of the other end of the spectrum is saying nothing, you know, to the giving all the advice and everything that doesn't count. But, you know, so I think it is about the happy medium. It's like, are you all right? Like you say, this is shit. I'm really sorry that you're mm. going through it. I'm here if you need me. Mm. You know, say something, but not too much. And God, yeah. we're, 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 we're not picky, are we? <laughs> no. No, this is easy. What's the So, I mean, like, if you could just say everything and nothing. Yeah. Not complicated, keep it simple. I think we've uh, nailed this. Think, we can go home now. I think, we've, I think we've been pretty clear on the guidelines of what I mean, it's straightforward, really. And someone else, just to add to that, someone else also said that 
if you do say that you're there and you want to be there for somebody actually be there you know act on what you've said Mm -hmm. and call them and just just do it or ring them up and say do you want to go for a walk and if they say yes go for a walk with them and actually you know follow follow it through whatever you've whatever you've said now we've set the world to right yeah so going back to kind of you know the kind of theme of this discussion which was how you can take control of something when someone says something to you that triggers you what what would your advice be Keely like what would you say to somebody who's just had someone say to them oh look here we go here's a good one I don't know why you're upset you can get pregnant just not with him do you ever regret marrying him Oh Frankie, my this God. is a true. This is a true comment that uh, that, that's, Wow, that, that's one I'm to just start thinking. with. Punch <laughs> face. Yeah. Not that we condone violence. Obviously. How do we <laughs> control how we feel in that situation? I mean, one. Firstly, I'd have to question why I was ever friends with that person <laughs> in the first place. Um, if if they are indeed a friend. Um, I mean, wow. Um, I'm sorry, whoever yeah. got that comment, because that's. That, that I, I don't think I've ever heard that one before, actually. I don't... I think, again, I... I've put I you think on it's, the spot No, I just one, think I? it's like any situation. you just got to take a deep breath, not react instantly, and just... Kind of, so for that comment, for instance, that is a bit of ignorance, a bit of you don't understand the process, and you... I mean, I don't even... Jesus Christ. <laughs> All I can think is if someone said that to me, I'd be like, are you kidding? Have you met Bob? Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. What the but hell are you talking about? Would I, like, would I swap him? No, yeah, of course no, exactly. I wouldn't swap him. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I know. But that kind of, it shows, to me, that shows that that person really doesn't know yeah. that person. Mm. And and a, lo- a lot of people have said that. And in fact, I've had the same conversation recently. Not that, oh, do you regret marrying twice? It's not that. It's more like, are there any what ifs or if there are any you know and what if it does I'm like well then that's just the way it is you know I'm not going to change the person that I'm with just because and it's really sad because it does happen to some people that it doesn't work out as mm-hmm. a result of all of this but not for those reasons mm-hmm. I mean you know a lot of people yeah can get pregnant but it might they might not even be able to do themselves. Mm. Or, you know, it's like it's those assumptions that people put into place mm. that you think, oh, well, it's his, it's his fault or it's your fault. Or I just think, take a deep breath and just, if that, I mean, one, who, again, whoever got sent that, I would just get rid of that person from your life. Um, <laughs> but it is a bit that, isn't it? It's kind of, I you have to agree. like... I mean, I, I really feel that, um, again part of taking ownership is about surrounding yourself with the people that are not going to bring you down and 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 not understand you as a person and therefore just removing yourself from that situation I feel like is a really empowering thing to do like why do you need to keep being friends with somebody if they are not actually a friend what if it was your parent or your brother or sister that said that? That's a really good point. Well, I mean, first of all, they'd get a good old slap. Yeah, see, then violence. No, oh, I'm just Yeah, kidding. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> violence. Violence <laughs> is the answer. Um, yeah, that's a really good point, isn't it? And I feel mm. like that is something where you would have to... 
you'd have to take control by sitting everyone down in a room and going, look, this is what I'm going through. Maybe you don't understand and that's okay, but these are the things that I'm feeling when you say something like that. So can you try and not say those kind of things? Mm -hmm. Like for me, that's what I would have to do. I would have to try and yeah, take control of that situation somehow. And if they really didn't get it, I would just have to distance myself for a while, for however long it took. Yeah, I like a lot of this conversation, sorry, I'm just going to go down to it, but the whole taking control and the comments that people say, I wonder, and it would be quite an interesting experiment, I think. Um, I'm not sure how people feed back on this, but uh, how often people, and, you know, whether we should be encouraging ourselves and each other actually to own the conversation and rather than wait for people to make the comments if and when we feel capable we walk into a situation and say right what can I tell you about IVF what can I tell you about my day do you want to hear what I've just been through you know do you want to tell me how I'm feeling and again it's going to different days you're going to feel like it or not but I wonder how often that happens I wonder how people would react mm. actually like I think I might test this out myself mm. I think they um, feel really uncomfortable yeah I think they probably would you know but I guess again it's that kind of society's awkwardness around one it's just being a bit British Mm -hmm. you know it is we're just not very good at that stuff we're just not whereas in America it would be like oh my god let's let's sit down let's talk about this like you know like (laughs) whereas I just think it is society's awkwardness I think Mm. people would feel really uncomfortable about it Mm. but I think you're absolutely right I mean I think it's a really good idea I actually more often than not now I offer it up in the conversation because Mm -hmm. I know that the conversation is coming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even with new people that I meet, kind of like, oh, what'd you do? I think the way that I go into it is because I've changed my working circumstances. So people, the next small talk question is, well, what do you do? It's like, well, I am a producer, but I'm actually not working at the moment because we've been going through IVF Mm. for the last three. And it's actually quite a good way of, for me, segueing into talking about the situation mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I think it is so much a massive part of your life mm-hmm. that you have to explain it a little bit yeah um I mean that's very specific to me but I think just talking about yeah being upfront about it I is think that yeah being the being upfront thing I actually found really useful when we were going into IVF to for my mum because I thought I know she's going to want to support me and I know that she's going to want to have conversations and I don't know how I'm going to feel at each stage of this treatment. So I sent her all the information about what was going to happen at each stage of the treatment and just tried to kind of be the one that was going to dictate when we were going to talk about it and what I was kind of happy with saying at any point. And actually I felt kind of fairly relaxed at that point of our journey and it was fine but I had already set it up and I had kind of felt like I'd managed to put a little pin in the the conversation that I might not want to have at any Mm. one point and also every time a cycle failed before I got to IVF treatment we had a lot of other treatment before that and every time those failed I would just text anyone who knew that I was going through that treatment really family and like a few close friends and I would just text them and say it hasn't worked I don't want sympathy just want you um just just need to be you know whatever I needed I told them what I needed and that for me was part of how I took ownership of my grief at that point Mm. um and that I found really helpful 
I think at this stage it is worth recognising that we are... I don't want to surprise you ladies, but we're well and truly out. (laughs) (laughs) I was about to say exactly the same thing. Everyone knows this is not news, but there are a lot of people... Absolutely, I was just about, yeah. ...that aren't and don't want to be. And I think that's the really difficult thing. And Mm. I think, Mm. and something that I say with that, is if they're out enough that they are willing for a conversation to happen, it's about sharing other people who are out, you know, and, like, sharing other people's stories... Mm. I know people who have had 10 or 11 rounds of IVF and not told anyone. I would burst with that information. Physically, I wouldn't be able to hold that in, but I totally respect that that was their decision. And I think that must be just infuriating and really, really, I can't even find the word, but just like difficult is such an understatement. But when you're in that situation and you've made that decision because that's what's right for you, and then people throw the, have you got kids? Mm. And then people, I suppose at least, at least, oh, there we go. Um, <laughs> at least you haven't got the, yeah. what about half an aspirin? Yeah. But you have got everything else that you need to deal with. And so, and I think that that is a hard one. And that is about, you know, and a counsellor said this to me um, once, and it was following one of my miscarriages. And she said, you know, an ex- exit plan. Have an exit plan. And that can be as simple as needing to go to the toilet. You know, just know that you can remove yourself from a situation. Um, and I think I talked about this with uh, the pregnancy announcements live that I did. You know, it is, it's, it's arming yourself with just in the back of your mind, I can go to the toilet at any point. It's going to be fine. Because if you're any normal point, any normal person, at another point, you would need to go to the bathroom. You mm. know, so why not then? So it is, a, it is probably about removing yourself nine times out of ten if that's the situation yeah yeah and and feeling no shame or guilt Mm. in doing that as well you know you do what you need to do with whatever you're going through again doesn't have to be IVF or fertility but if you're in a situation and somebody is making you feel uncomfortable and you don't want to be in that situation then get out of there and don't worry about it it's you you you're number one your priority I think the other things are I think some of the things that I end up thinking about is positive things that... So if someone says something crap and you're a bit like, great, and maybe you don't retort and you don't come back on it and then you get home and you're a bit like... I end up just thinking about, even though this is shit and it might be our path at the moment, it might not be the final path, it might be... But there are also loads of positive things that have come out of a shit thing. And it's sometimes quite hard to accept that because, and I know that that's not, again, necessarily very easy for people to do. And it's not just because I, people maybe think I am a really super positive person. Yeah, I'm pretty positive, but I'm not like chasing rainbows and, you know, unicorns and everything every day. But like, I think just trying to find the positive in what you've been doing is also really important because, again, it's like taking ownership of those sorts of things and saying, you know, I was thinking on on the way up here, I was like, all the really great things that have happened to me as a result. It's like, I'm now a yogi. I never thought that would ever happen to me in my entire life. You know, I love the food aspect of it. I love meeting incredible people, which has been actually brilliant. Everyone always says you get to particularly my stage in life <laughs> where you're like, I've got enough friends. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and everyone always, you know, and 
my friends joke about, about that, about NCT people. They're like, you know, I've got enough friends, don't need any new friends. I'm actually like, yeah, I do. I really mm. do, actually. Mm. And it's so lovely. And I think it's trying to think... And it's not trying to paint over all the, the crap at all. And it's not, not acknowledging that. It's just, again, just one of those things that I find actually is really helpful because if not, and I know we t- kind of talked about it, and having a sense of humour and mm. all of those things, which again, I know it's not for everybody. And I've been told that that is not for everybody. <laughs> I think it's for most people. Though. By very few, various few. people. And that's fine. If that's not for you, that's not for you. But you have to find your own thing, I think. Like your little safe space or your little kind of go-to of, of what makes you feel happier about the situation. And it doesn't have to make you feel like you're bouncing off the walls. It's just something that makes you feel a bit happier. Totally. And that comes and goes. You yeah. Know, and that's all right. And do you know what? If we were... If I had a six-year-old or a five-year-old, it would be probably, and a three-year-old, I would have good days and bad days. You know, when I was 23, before I was thinking about any of this, you know, like one of my the best times of my life when I was single, I lived in New York. You know, I had good and bad days there. You know, when I first met my husband and I was totally in love, there were still good and bad days. Like, not everything is good and not everything is bad because of IVF. And I think sometimes we have to kind of remind us. I certainly have to remind myself of that because I blame a lot on that, you know. But it's like actually, you know, and it's not easy some days, but other days it's, it's fine, it's okay, you know. And I think it's okay to, yeah, it's good and bad. And I think that when you look for the things that are making you happier or the, you look for the, or my TTC look for beauty, which is really my gratitude hashtag, which is, which is what this is for, it helps to root you in the present so you stop or you for that moment just for that moment because all we can do really is live moment to moment and as you say it comes and goes but for that moment when we've found something that we feel grateful for that's making us happy we're living we're living in the moment and we're not projecting into the future where there's worry and anxiety and we're not living in the past where there's sadness or grief you know we're just right there and the more that we can do that the easier it is to take ownership of what's happening to you can we play more comment bingo? Oh, yeah. <laughs> God, I wish I you think like, we might have, like... Let, really yeah, threw yeah. me with that first one. I mean, I'm sorry, that was a really wow. bad one, wasn't it? Shall I get another really bad one and give Kat... Let's, <laughs> let's choose one for Kat. <laughs> okay. Um, hang on. Oh, come on, computer. You just forgot your own password. I did, didn't I? Let's try that again. Right, well, let's see the really bad one. Oh, that one's quite good. That one's good. Oh, go on. Right, right. go on. So... <laughs> Hit comment, me. comment, Hit me. bingo. So this comment, Kat, mm-hmm. is, I feel like I just want to slap you to make you realise that you're so lucky to already have your two kids and just be happy with what you've got. So I'm translating so this. Secondary infertility, tertiary, tertiary infertility. Yeah. Tertiary. 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 tertiary infertility. So I, I know. Oh, the first two might have been twins, I guess. Um, yeah, no, actually, I don't think they are. Okay. I don't think yeah. they are, and I know. I think I know where this has come from, and this person has gone through such a shit time okay. such a shit time so when I saw that someone had said that to her I, I put your back up <laughs> it, it really it, I felt so upset for her I was like I can't believe somebody yeah. said that to you I mean Ugh. over to you Kat what would you say to this person what would having... I say to that person I'm not in that situation so I did a live on secondary infertility I felt mm. very uh, 
very uncomfortable. I did feel uncomfortable going into it because I was really conscious about saying the wrong thing. Um, the thing that I said during it is if you, for me, secondary infertility, there's one, two ways that someone who is dealing with it can talk about it, I guess. And one of them is like, well, I know I've already got one, but, and I'm like, hang on a minute. The way that I am arms open to you is I'm so grateful that I've got, you know, my one, but I really want another one. Like, totally, I'm yours. I get it. I understand. And that's only in the last kind of few months, year or so, that I really am understanding of, you know, because I've spoken to people because I, I hear more about it now and, I, and I've looked for it. You know, I've kind of asked questions and probed. So... With my newfound knowledge, and assuming the person is very grateful, which I'm pretty confident they are going to be, um, I'm going to see. We go back to the violence, and this wasn't me. Definitely not me. Slap her back. But what? Yeah. Well, what do you say to that? Like, I think by the sounds of it, you know that she's been through a lot. I would sit sit the girl down and write her a list of everything that she's been through, <laughs> and then see if she thinks that she deserves a slap. Yeah. You know, and I think that would probably put that person... It would teach them not to kind of throw away comment. It would educate them because they would be reading this list... list because they would be reading this list and I'm assuming they would be asking questions because they probably wouldn't know the ins and outs of all of it. And it would probably stop them from ever saying it again. Mm. I think that whole phrase, you're so lucky as well, is really loaded. mm, mm. Because she's clearly not that lucky because she's had loads of crap happen to her. She, but she might be lucky in a lot of other areas of life. Yes. She's not lucky to already have two kids. She's, you know, that's her part. That's what that's she what's had. Happened. That's what's happened, happened to her. Yeah. She, you know, I just kind of... And I use that a lot, but really bloody ironically, because I'm like, lucky, lucky kills. Mm. You know, because... Mm. But it's a, it's a double-edged thing, isn't it? Because I do actually think I'm really lucky in a lot of ways... And, you know, I'm very fortunate on very different, on many different levels. But I'm really fucking unlucky because I have to go through this shit, mm. you know. So I think that whole, you know, that whole part of just that whole ludicrous sentence <laughs> um, is interesting because I think quite a lot of people, it's just, it's something that just, Slips mm-hmm. off the tongue, mm. and people don't really kind of realise what they're saying again. And not anything to feel guilty about. I think it's just, again, once you've heard it or once you've been on the wrong side of it, every now and again, you kind of get to understand what it is. One another thing that's really like where one word is really loaded um, is the why don't you just adopt? Oh yeah. And oh, you know, and just, the, just, well, this just, is it. And, and someone that I know who has got two IVF children and then adopted. And her take on that is there is no just in adoption. Mm. And just hearing that, you know, you just... Yeah, that is such a good way of putting it. Like, there is no just in adoption. Because everyone would think that it's the adoption bit that is the trigger. And it's not. Uh It's not like... Because you're like, yeah, actually, that could Mm -hmm. really be an option. But But that is... Let's talk about that more, actually, because somebody I know asked me recently, she goes, I I don't know what... You know, I've got this friend who's going through this thing and she's been going through IVF and she's not successful. And I do want to say to her, what about adoption? Why should I not say that to her? And I was like, oh, gosh, so many reasons, <laughs> so many reasons. But what, what would you say? Like, why would you not say that to somebody? You can say it. And I'm trying now. I'm racking my brain. So on Tuesday, I was with someone and they asked me about adoption. They know our situation. 
surprise. Um, <laughs> but they asked me about adoption. What are your thoughts on adoption? Right. That type of thing. You know, it was like, you've clearly thought about it. You, uh, as in she was saying to me, but not saying, you know, you've come this far. It won't have gone unnoticed. You won't have not looked into it. What are your thoughts? Not, why don't you? You know, it's like, oh, that's a good idea. Haven't thought. Have you looked into adoption? Do you know what? What's that? I didn't even know. New word on me. I didn't even know it existed. What? Adoption. You know, so the what are your thoughts on it? It's like, it was a really nice, and I actually stopped her and said to her, that was the best way that anyone has ever put that question to me. And unsurprisingly, they have looked into adoption um, you know, so she has an understanding around it. Not not gone through the fertility that I'm aware of. Um, a little bit older, has one child, miscarried another, unfortunately. Thought, you know, there were certain other complications around potentially having another one that, kind of, you know, they made the decision not to, so looked into adoption. Um, and it wasn't for them. And But, yeah, the way she said it, it was just right. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's brilliant. Mm. That would be like... Mm absolute top number one I think Mm -hmm. and I think maybe just what are your thoughts dot 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 on whatever it is really really good way because it it? actually puts the ownership back on you Mm -hmm. so you can then you're in control of the situation Mm -hmm. you can say either I don't I haven't thought about it I don't really want to discuss it I have thought about it and this is what I think you know like it's open-ended enough Mm -hmm. and it's not patronizing it feels like someone's invested in the conversation rather than it being a bit of a sticking plaster. or Because it isn't for everybody. People think that that might be a the quick fix, which clearly it's not. It's a very complicated and long process. This isn't in comment bingo, although it kind of is because it's something that was said on a blog post that I shared ages ago now, but it's just come up in my head because I just remembered... What about, there's a big chunk of society, actually, who don't agree with the IVF train and the NHS treating people with IVF. And actually, someone commented on a blog, a friend of a friend who, and I I referred to, you know, fertility warriors or whatever I said, something about warriors and it being really, you know... And this, this person said that he wouldn't use the word warrior for somebody going through it and that he felt that having a child was a luxury um and that yeah he 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 just really felt quite strongly about that and I know that there's a big there's a big chunk of society who does feel really strongly about that I mean my take on that was just to think do you know what we're so far away from each other in how we're looking at this there's actually not really a discourse that I want to have with you about it and I don't know whether that was the right thing to do or not because part of what I would love to try and help happen is to raise awareness so perhaps I should have engaged more with that person but I didn't feel like I had I didn't really feel like I had the knowledge or the energy at that point to do that so what do you do what do you do when you're in that situation when you've got someone who's actually really quite um, strident about how they're voicing their opinion about what you're trying to do Picking and choosing your arguments, you know, and there's some people you're never going to win with. You know, like I know when things are on certain generally, but sometimes all um, newspaper 
you know, websites and things, the comment section, it's not worth looking at them because they're, they're just trolls. They're just picking a fight. They probably write the same comment, whether it's fertility, whether it's housing, whether it's, you know, taxes, you know, whatever it is, they're just looking for an argument. They just want a rise out of people. And sometimes you haven't got it in you to go the whole hog because you don't feel that you've got all the information behind you. And I think making a bad argument or making no argument is better sometimes than making a bad one, you know? And it can, I, you know, you've seen them, that they end up in reams of pages of comments and, like, no one wins in that situation. Um, I think it is about picking, yeah, picking the times that you do that, really. Yeah. I think it's also about kind of concentrating on, on the middle ground. It's like the people you think kind of are interested and but just maybe aren't articulating things in the right way or because they're the people that not you win over I don't mean it in that way but if you got those people then you've already made massive ground and to your point like to your point just now you just some people just never going to change their mind Mm. however ridiculous you think it is or that person is their opinion they're perfectly have every right to have that opinion however abhorrent it is that's their opinion mm. but if you think it can be swayed or you feel like then it's worth doing I and think. I suppose it's how they are communicating with you as well isn't it you know if they're being kind of open and they're up for a discussion not just a kind of hammering of their opinion into your space um, then maybe you feel like you would have the energy to respond to that and to kind of have a an interesting discourse whereas if it's that just the trolling you know I I agree I just think there's no just no (laughs) don't get involved don't get involved and again I think a lot of not I think a lot of the time like we said at the very beginning a lot of those comments aren't necessarily malicious or they're just from a background of lack of information. Mm. They just don't know. Mm. So when they say, oh, well, you know, three rounds of IVF on the NHS, that's ridiculous. Do they know how much? If you went private, it would cost you X, Y, and Z. It's like, but do you know that actually it's one in four, you know, it's one in four pregnancies that might result out of IVF. So if you give someone one round, you're kind of giving them no chance, unless they're extraordinarily lucky. Mm. Lucky. Um... (laughs) But it's that sort of thing, isn't it? It's, information. It's, it's, it's just information. And yeah. that's, again, not their fault. It's just because, actually, the information just isn't really out there. Or it's not told mm. to the mainstream mm. in but, any sort of way. I yeah. mean, it's more and more, but, you know... But I, th- I feel like this conversation is really applicable to so many different things as well. Yeah. So much. You know, like, it's really important to just go, do you know what, I'm not going to engage in that community of people because that is not where I want to be right now I want to surround myself in this community of people and I want to raise awareness yes but I want to do it in a really supportive and positive fashion I don't want to have to go into a long diatribe with somebody who's just going to make me feel really angry and shaky and I remember getting that comment and I actually felt you know I felt my adrenaline going when I read it and I felt like I was even being a little bit attacked and I felt like you know all this stuff and just one comment of a friend of a friend and I just thought wow, that's really affected me in that moment of reading it. And, 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 I, and I knew that I didn't, want to let, I didn't want to let myself go down that path. I wanted to protect myself. And I feel that that's an important part of it, as well as the balance as well, you know, with the people who don't want to speak about it at all. 
and they are really trying to protect themselves and that's absolutely within their right but there's so much support that you could have if you did want to just open up a channel of communication with a trusted source of support you know that's that's the balance isn't it and that getting that that dialogue with somebody who's actually going to give you something and not take away from what you're doing I'm definitely rambling now. (laughs) (laughs) You know when your sentence just goes on and on and you're like, where's this going to end? Let's end this fascinating conversation, ladies, with a quote that you feel would sum up our conversation. This is not my own quote, I hasten to add. (laughs) It's actually uh, by Gail King, who I then had to look up. So Gail King is actually an American journalist who's like Bezzy's with Oprah. So it's got to be good, surely. And the quote was, when people don't want the best for you, they are not the best for you. Love it. Which I think, as I said, even though I'm not a massive quotey-quotey person, that resonated with me, actually, and just with some other friends that are going, nothing to do with IVF, but going through other stuff. And I was like, actually, I'm going to send that to one of my friends, because I was like, that sums up what we were talking about the other day. So I think it's... I love that. that. That's good. I love that. Yeah, that that is a really good one. Definitely. And for me, although I furiously look through my saved Instagrams and I can't find it, but it does pop pop up every now and again, it's about, you know, treat people with kindness because you never know what shit they're going through. You know, and that is for the TTC community. That is for every community in the world, really. You know, it's just you don't know what their smile is hiding so yeah treat people compassionately try and be empathetic and just yeah be kind be kind thank you so much to Kat and Keely for that brilliant chat I really hope you enjoyed that I'm gonna tell you my first life raft tool and if you follow me on Instagram you'll probably guess what's coming because I do bang on about this quite a lot but for me it's writing. So every single day I write for three pages and it's become something which if I don't do it, it feels really weird for me. So I'm going to invite you to join me for this week in doing some writing every day. Just get a pen and paper. Don't use a laptop or a phone. It's really important to use a pen to paper, something physical, old fashioned. And for free writing, the rules are that you just write and you are not allowed to stop, you're not allowed to hesitate, you are not allowed to silence anything, you're not allowed to let that inner critic stop you from writing anything that you want to talk about. And if it's just that you don't know what to write, then write I don't know what to write 10 times until you find your rhythm, until you find your flow. Keep writing until your three pages are done and do that every day for a week. And then tell me, tell me, did that work for you? Did you like it? How did you find it? The reason that I do this is because we absorb all this different kind of energy all day, every day. We are bombarded every day with social media or stress or anxiety or frustration whatever it is we absorb it and for me if I didn't write every day I feel like I wouldn't actually know exactly what I've absorbed I wouldn't know what was sitting there like in my heart or in my stomach I wouldn't know so how can I give myself what I need if I don't know what's in there and writing for me is the way that I can 
access what's happening for me. I've done it for the last probably about four years, every single day, and I do it in the evening because that's what works for me. Ideally, you do do it in the morning. It's a really good thing to do in the morning, but it doesn't really matter when you do it. It's just about doing it, and it's putting pen to paper and turning it into a habit. But if you do this, please let me know how you get on. I can't wait to hear if you try it and if it works for you. So just, just let me know. And I really hope that that is a helpful thing to use. But I know that it won't be for everyone. So I'm going to look into different stuff and share different options for you to try every single week. If you do find the one that works for you, feel free to stick with it. <laughs> you don't have to sort of try like 3000 different things. It's just a way of kind of opening your eyes and opening up the options that there are in this big, amazing, fabulous world that we live in. And to remind yourself that you're living right now, you are living. And right now in this present moment, moment you are okay so thank you so much for listening to my very first episode if you liked it will you please do me the biggest favor and go and rate and review it on apple because that is the way that people find podcasts and also at the moment because nobody's listened to anything it's just completely empty so it'd be really lovely if i could get some reviews um five star obviously if you don't mind that'd be great thank you thank you so much again it was amazing to have you with me today and i'll be back uh, next week I've got some really fabulous people that I've been speaking to and I cannot wait to share the conversations that I've had please let me know how you get on with your life raft tool let me know if it works for you and let me know if it doesn't work for you and give me get in touch and tell me other things that you do so that I can share those as well and see what works for everyone thank you so much again and take care until next time